last week I was talking about why settle, and uh, I didn't realize that this thing is turning into a uh, uh, it's turning into a series. And what I was talking about last week was why settle when God has given you His very best. And just by uh, just a, one little point that Jerry Savelle made, 2023 will be the year of the maximum. So why settle for anything less than that? It's going to be the year of the highest level attainable. It's God's best, the maximum, not mediocre or barely getting barely enough to get by on and struggle to make it. No, I want to see you. And he's, and he's pointing his finger at everybody. I want to see you experience all the favor. All the blessings, all the goodness of God, not for some self-serving purpose. I'll say it again. Not for a self-serving purpose, but to, for you to be a blessing or to be blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be blessings, right? We're not, we're not hoarders. My goodness, no. So today, title of this message, As For Me. And, 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 and another word is, as far as I'm concerned, that should be our statement, uh, our statement of fact, right? As far as I'm concerned, bam, dot, dot, dot. So uh, let's go to, uh, for foundation, let's go to Numbers 23, verse 19. All right, now y'all get your woo out. <laughs> Numbers 23, 19, please. Thank you. <laughs> don't lose your woo ever, 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 ever. Don't, just don't, don't. So this is cool. We can hang our, uh, this is, we could put a pin in this. And it says in Numbers 23, 19, uh, King James, it says, not, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Come on now. Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? New living. I like what it says in a new living translation. It says that God is not a man, so he does not lie. And there's a period. Settle that. As for me, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human. <laughs> Don't you know? So he does not change his mind. He has he ever spoken and failed to act? No. No. Throw a no at me, please. No. no. That's a hard no. Has he ever promised to not carry it through? No. Thank you. <laughs> it's true. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. We're just going to nail a couple things down here. These are statements of fact, because as for me, as for you. As for us, as for we, huh, huh. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, please. Let me know when you're there. King James. And it says that by two immutable things in, the, in which is it, it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. He can't do it. So if he says something to you in his word, he's, he's, he's obliged to make it happen. It says that it's impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that's set before us. Verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both 
sure and steadfast. And I looked up the Greek lexicon for sure, and it means something that is certain, safe, firm, that can be relied on, right? Confided in, definitely true, and very confident. Come on, that's sure. And we put, yeah, we put the sure word, we put our sure faith on this word, that, and we're confident in it. And the word steadfast means to be stable, to be unshaken. I like that one. To be constant, steady, reliable, start, standing firm on the feet, maintaining firmness or certain without doubt. No doubt. As for me, no doubt. As for ye, no doubt. And the New Living says it this way. I like this. Uh, verse 18, Hebrews 6. So God has given both his promise and his oath. Those are the two immutable things, his promise and his oath. If the promise don't get you, the oath will. Come on now. These, these two things are unchangeable. <laughs> you can't change it. Uh-uh. Because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Mm -hmm. And this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Isn't that good? Yeah, okay. The Living Bible, it says this. It says, he has given both his promise and his oath. Two things we can completely count on, for it is impossible for God to tell a lie. Come on, it's impossible for him to tell a lie. Now all those who flee to him to save them can take new courage. I like that. You take new courage. Take some fresh courage today. When they hear such assurances from God, now they can know without a doubt that he will give them the salvation that he promised them. He's going to give you the salvation. What is that? Absolutely everything you need. He's going to supply that and more. He is a more than that God. He's not going to give you just enough to get by on. We heard what Jerry Savelle said. The maximum, come on, the highest level attainable. Well, the, whatever, whatever it is you think that your level is going to be, well, that's, where, that's a starting point. It's only up from there. Come on. So, yeah, raise your, raise your bar, and then that's, that's, your, that's, where, that's your basement. <laughs> and we're going up, man. We're going up to the high places. Praise the Lord. Uh, Psalms chapter 62, please. King James. Psalm 62. There's something about those old songs when we sing them. The anointing just, like, when we, like especially when we stood to reverence the presence of the Lord, it was just like, ooh, oh, 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 so good. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. As for me, we will worship the Lord. As for you, we will worship the Lord. As for us, we will worship the Lord. So Psalms uh, chapter 62, verse 5, in the King James I like this. My soul, what's he, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And he said, my soul, wait you only upon God. Wait upon God only. Don't wait upon people. Because you'll still be waiting on people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
No, he says, wait only on God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Come on now. As for me, I shall not be moved. Verse 7, in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Come on. All of our hope, all of our being, all that we were believing for is in him. Verse 8, trust in him at all times, not just when things are bad, but when things are good. Just because. Just because. It says, trust in him all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. Have you done that? Yeah, just pour it out. Even when it's bad, he knows. It's not like he's, you're pouring out your heart and it's not taking him by surprise. (laughs) He knows. But the more that you do that, you can get rid of it. If it's heavy and you're pouring out your heart to him, do that so you can get released. That's the God we serve. He says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. Why? Because God is a refuge for us. Say la. Think about it. New living, same verses. I like this. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. Wait quietly. Not, oh God, oh God, when? Oh God, why? Oh God, how? Oh God, where? No. Wait quiet. Shut up. Wait quietly before the Lord. He said, would you calm down? I got this. I got this. I got you. He says, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I shall not be shaken. So I like King James says that I'm not going to be moved, but this is, I'm not going to be shaken. And there's been some reports that kind of shake you, right? Try to move you, but here we are, Right? We're, we're like a tree planted. So, we, yeah, we may wave in the wind, but we're not coming out of the ground. No, no, no. We're firmly planted. Amen. I will not be shaken. Verse 7. My victory and honor come from God alone. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. All times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. This one is good. It's a living Bible. And it says, but I stand silently before the Lord. Just in his presence. Right? Why? In his presence, there's what? There's fullness of joy. So the more you do that, the joy is going to bubble up on the inside of you. Right? Waiting for him to rescue me. For salvation comes from him alone. So don't be looking for people to to rescue you. Mm Mm-mm. Yes, he alone is my rock. He's my, listen to this. He's my rest. He's my rock. He's my rescuer, my defense and fortress. Why then should I be tense with fear when trouble comes? When he is all that, he is all that. So what's our problem? We don't have one. (laughs) Exactly. What? Then you can say, as for me. Come on. As for me, God is my rock. He is my rescuer. He is my defense. He's my fortress. So why should I freak out? There's nothing to freak about. There's no need to fear. Remember that underdog? Praise the Lord. It says that 
<laughs> it says, he is my refuge. He is a rock where no enemy can reach me. He puts you high above your enemies. They can't reach you. Uh-huh. Oh, my people, trust in him all the time. Do you remember the last time he rescued you? Remember the last time he did something so cool? And then all of a sudden, something comes from left field and kind of tries to shake you. And it's like, okay, we need to remember. Go back to the last time he blessed you. Right? That's why, you know, David said, you know, my, my staff, it comforts me. Why? Because on that staff, he used to put all of his battles on there. Every time he won a big battle, he put it on that sticky look at it. It's like a stick of remembrance. And we need to have a, you know, Shirley has a book of remembrance, all the cool things that God has done, right? And, and it's just, it's getting fuller and fuller. She had to get a couple extra books. Praise the Lord. It's all right. Yeah, take it. Why not? <laughs> he wants you blessed. He wants you happy. Yeah. He said that your fruit may remain, right? Fruit remain. Well, that's blessings. Uh-huh. It says, um, oh, my people, trust in him all the time. Pour out your longings before him, for he can help. Only him alone, right? Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, please. 2 Timothy 2. And going to, uh, we're going to start in the King James Version. 2 Timothy 2, 13. As for me... As for you, that should be our, our standard mantra, if you will. It's like, you know what? As for me, we got this. Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. Are you there? It says, if we be, believe not, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. There are times when we believe not be honest many you know there's a lot of times stuff happens and it just it's like oh god this might be a tough one for you <laughs> it's impossible for me have you been there come on you can be honest we're we're in church praise the lord he already knows <laughs> you can sit there and act all holy if you want but he knows when we're in faith and when we're not that's why his grace comes up and just fixes us. I remember, um, remember Joey David Baker when we were in the Philippines, he, and he said this one time. He said, uh, um, grace is like um, somebody running in the track and field, and you're jumping over hurdles, and you've knocked almost all the hurdles down, but by the time you get, you were there, by the time you get to the, the finish line, you turn around, all the hurdles are back up again, and you won the race. That's grace. Setting up your hurdle. When you knock it down, right? Why? Because he's got you. He's a good God. He wants the best for you. So let him. Let him. Yeah, yeah. New King James says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He can't deny himself. In other words, he can't help it. God loves you so much he can't help himself. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Amplified. This is good. If we are faithless, do not believe and untrue to him, in case you didn't know what faithless means, right? It says, he remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Message. This is a good one. I like the message. If we give up on him, he does not give up. 
Have you had those talks? God, I'm fed up. I've had it. I'm done. <laughs> and right after you say something like that, somebody comes up that needs to be ministered to and they come to you. Isn't that? Uh, come on. That happens almost every single time because God knows all you need is a little spark. Somebody, so he sends these little spark, sparks towards you so you can get lit up again. And then you walk away going, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and he says, I know, I know. I, I don't give up on you. He's cool like that. He says, if he give up on him, he does not give up. For there is no way he can be false to himself. There is no way. None. Nada. Uh-uh. Yet. Da-da-da. No. Uh, Genesis chapter 16, please. King James, verse 15. Genesis 16, verse 15. And let me know when you're there. There? I heard there. One. Are you there? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Genesis 16, verse 15. And Hagar bare Abram a son. And Abram, Abram called his son's name, which bore Hagar Ishmael. Verse 16, and Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Verse 17, verse 1, uh, chapter 17, verse 1, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, so he's 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty God, walk before me, be thou perfect, and I'll make my covenant between me and you, and I'll multiply you, <laughs> multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face. You imagine, okay, if God showed up to you and said, I want to multiply you exceedingly, I want to give you every single blessing that you can absolutely think about, would you fall on your face too? Yeah. I guess so. I'd be, bam, face plant. It's like, this is too good to be true. Are you kidding me? God. And that's what he said. <laughs> Verse 3, Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, as far as I'm concerned, Abram, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be a father of many nations. As for me. You take these promises and you say, Yes, Lord, as for me. I'm healed as for me. I'm set free as for me. I have more than enough of my bank account as for me. My house is paid for as for me. My car is paid for as for me. I'm blessed to be a blessing as for me. All my kids are serving the Lord as for me. My grandkids are serving the Lord. Come on now. There, there's, there's so much, right? So God spoke these words to Abram. He said, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You're going to be a father of many nations. I like this. Abram took his place of, as the father of faith because he believed God was able to perform what he promised. He believed that. Abram changed his thinking. He changed his name. And ultimately, he changed history for us. He believed that's for me, or as far as God is concerned, and as so as far as Abram, Abram is concerned, it's a done deal. As far as we're concerned, these promises are a done deal. They're ours. They're great and precious promises. And it's a done deal for us. 
Joshua 24, please. Verse 12. As for me. You can actually put as for me. I will not settle either. We're not settling. No, we're not settling for second best. We're not selling for bones when we could have the steak. Come on now. I'm in judges. Yeah, all right. No wonder it didn't look. <laughs> no wonder it's looking kind of funny. I'm like, ooh, all right. <laughs> Joshua 24. Are you there? Okay. Hang with me for one quick. There we are. All right, verse 12. <clears> hmm. <throat> And it says, and I sent the hornet before you, which, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, and, and, uh, but, but not with your sword or with your bow. It was a sweatless victory. He did it, and he wants us to have sweatless victories. Verse 13, I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, and you live in them, and of the vineyards and the olive yards which you have planted <laughs> not you didn't plant them but you do eat them verse 14 now therefore fear or reverence the lord and serve him in the sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood in egypt and serve the lord mm. if it seemed evil unto you to serve the lord choose you this day whom you will serve we made it we've already made a choice we serve jesus 100 percent Right? Thank you. Whether the gods which your fathers served uh, that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me, as far as I'm concerned, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we live that. As for us in our houses, our chillings in our houses, we will serve the Lord. That's what we do. As far as we're concerned. Mm -hmm. Psalms 55, please. Verse 16. I've been working on my pace. Is it too fast? Good. Okay. So, yeah. Well, because I said I'm working on it. <laughs> Be worse if it was like, okay, yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not working. <laughs> I can't keep up. No. No, I want you to, because if, yeah, if I go too fast over your head, then <laughs> what good is that? Right? You just sit there and go, <laughs> all right. I just had a drink from water fountain or a fire hydrant. <laughs> so what'd you get? You didn't get your thirst quenched. You just got wet. Yeah. Come on now. That's right, Brother James. <laughs> Yeah, you just don't want to rush. Um, Psalms 55, uh, verse 16, in the New King James, and you're going to find that all through the Bible. As for me, as far as I'm concerned, like, because those three words came, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm finding them all over the place. As for me, or as, as far as I'm concerned, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. It doesn't say might. It says that he shall evening and morning and noon. I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. There's a lot of shells in there. Most definitely. He has, has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. Come on. We all get, we're all going through battles of some kind, but he said, <laughs> he's going to redeem my soul in peace. But what was the key? He prayed. 
Come on now. He he says, evening and morning and at noon I will pray. Peace comes, and especially in the midst of the storm. And do it when you're not in the midst of a storm, so you get used to doing that. So it just becomes um, second nature, first nature, right? Right? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it says, he has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there was many against me. Verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Cast your burden. Throw it. Throw it. It says that he will, he shall sustain you. He shall never, to say never right there, he shall never <laughs> permit the righteous to be moved. He's got us. Come on. Even when the battle's raging, and there's been some battles raging, but he's got us. We just got to keep walking through with him. Keep your eyes up. Magnify the Lord. Make him bigger than the situation, right? The situation will shrink. And, you know, like uh, I said this last week, the, the enemy cannot sustain an attack. It's got a time limit. <laughs> and it's got an end time. And he can't sustain it. He may try, but he's, come on. The Bible says, where's that in Psalms? That, no, no, um, Peter. That God has broken the teeth of the ungodly. Is that Peter? I think it is. Where is it? Where is it Psalms? One of the two. Anyways, in the Bible, it says that God has broken the teeth of the ungodly. So you got some ungodly devil trying to numb you. He's got no teeth. Yeah, Oh, because in Peter it says, the devil adds a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. And then in Psalms, it says that God has broken the teeth of the ungodly. So you got a lion with no teeth trying to mess with you. Got nothing to hang on to. There you go. <laughs> he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Uh-huh. And in Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So when you know, as far as me, as for me, or as far as I'm concerned, God said he would sustain me and never suffer the righteous to be moved. So we're not moving. We're not moving. Where are you going to move to? No, we're not moving. Let's go to Romans 8, please. Verse 26, King James. Romans 8, 26, King James. Um, let's drop down to verse 28. And we know that some things, all things work together for Good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, right? Does that sound like us? We qualify, right? Now, <laughs> all right, um, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, or he knew already, also he did predestinate, gave you a predesign to be conformed to the lineage of his son. He planned that already, that we're in his lineage. We're family. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren and sistern. Well, while well, the brothers get all the fun. Now bring the sisters in too. 
<laughs> Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them <laughs> he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What? Wait, 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 wait. That's a whole lot of stuff right there. Okay, number one. <laughs> he called you. He justified you. After he justified you, he glorified you. So here you are, you glorified ones. Then you can go up to verse 31. It says, what shall we, we then say to these things? Things, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. If God is before us, who can be against us? Why? As for me, <laughs> God is for me. And you, who's going to mess with you? You've got all heaven backing you up. You've got all the angels. Come on, two-thirds of the angels. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Prayer, peril? Or sword. No. no. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay. Isn't this something they said? We're counted as sheep. And they go, nay. <laughs> I know. I think weird. It's all right. It's me. It says, nay, in all these things, we are more than a conqueror. We're more than conquerors. That, that means like we're, we're more, we're biggie sized conquerors. It's one thing just to be a conqueror, but he says, you're more than that. As for you, you are more than that. Uh-huh. We are more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded mm -hmm, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As for us, we will not be separated. We will not be sifted. No. Mm -mm. It's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. The, I found this article, and, and it, it popped up a while ago. Um, I found it, and then it just popped up recently again. It's called a rescuing hug, because we need each other. And just to back it up, um, yeah, okay. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. In the Message Bible, because we need to, in order to, for us to go into this next era, this next phase, it says, I have serious concerns to bring up with you, my friends, using the authority of Jesus, our master. I put it as urgently as I can. You must get along with each other. We need to get along with each other. You must learn to be considerate of one another, cultivating life in common, in common. That's just, you know, moving and flow. Living Bible says, my, but dear brothers, I beg you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stop arguing among yourselves. <laughs> Come on, he's talking to brothers and sisters, right? Don't argue. Let there be real harmony so that there won't be splits in the church. Come on now. Let there be real harmony so that there won't be splits in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. 
<laughs> Everything God has said becomes a point of change in our thoughts. That means we must learn to declare in every situation, as for me, whatever God has said is true. Right? When God reveals his way of thinking about a matter, it becomes clear that, that what our response should be, as for me, or as far as I'm concerned, I receive it. Right? So we need one another. And now I can read this. It's called a rescuing hug. Kyrie and Brielle Jackson were born in October 17, 1995, a full two, 12 weeks ahead of their due date. And the standard practice at that time at the Medical Center of Mass uh, Central Massachusetts, Massachusetts in Worcester, um, where the twins came into the world, was to take place uh, was to place them in separate incubators in order to reduce, reduce the risk of infection. Kyrie, who weighed 12, or two pounds, three ounces, was making good progress and gaining weight, but her tiny sister had breathing and heart rate problems. There was, a little, there was little weight gain and her oxygen level was low. Now, on November the 12th, not even a month later, tiny Brielle went into critical condition. Her stick thin arms and legs turned bluish gray as she grasped or gasped for air. Her heart rate soared. The Jackson parents watched, terrified that their little daughter might die. And it's said that in desperate moments, call for desperate measures. Nurse Gail Kasparian, after exhausting all conventional remedies, decided to try a procedure that was common in parts of Europe, but virtually unknown in the United States with parental permission she placed the twins in the same bed no sooner had she closed the incubator door brielle snuggled up to Kyrie, began to calm down within minutes her blood oxygen readings improved as she dozed Kyrie wrapped her left arm around her smaller sister brielle's heart rate stabilized and her temperature rose to normal the stronger baby wrapped her arm around her sister and her touch allowed the struggling baby's heart to stabilize and her temperature to return to normal in due time the twins went home what are they saying let's go to ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 new living what a story this is what I'm saying. We need each other because if we're, if we're split, we're not healthy. We're not healthy. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, New Living, please. It says two people are better off than one. Come on now. Based that on that story I just read. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? This is why we need each other. This is why we need to come to church on Thursdays. Smiling. How can one be warm alone? Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three or even be better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, here's the last bunch of scriptures. And this is out of the Passions. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And it's, it's so good that I, I needed to um, just, yeah, just check this out. Because it tells a story, and it's a good story. It says, uh, Romans 8, 28, Passion. So we're convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. 
For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born. He knew us. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. That's us. Having determined our, determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself, transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. Perfect righteousness. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Isn't that good? We're co-glorified with him. And I like this, the, the title, the triumph of God's love, verse 31. So what does this all mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, you tell me, who then could ever stand up against us? For God has proved, proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything he has to give. Absolutely. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen to, in his love to be his? God himself is a judge who has issued his final verdict over them, not guilty. Glory. Come on now, we're not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus. He's not going to do it. The anointed one. He gave his life for us. Even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Come on now. Uh, that's kind of whacked if you think he's going to condemn you while he's praying for you. He can't do that. Verse 35, who would ever divorce us from the endless love of God's uh, anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has a power to diminish his love toward us. Nothing. You could say no thing. Right? Troubles, pressures, problems are, not, are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? <laughs> so we say all that. Come on now. No, for they are all important to, <laughs> they, are, they are all impotent to, to hinder omnipotent love. Come on now. Can't touch it. Even though it is written all day long, we faith, face death threats for your sake, God. We're considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Verse 38. Everything. So now, I live with the confidence that there is nothing in this universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstance that can weaken his love. Mm -hmm. Verse 39, there is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So, whatever it is, the only requirement, faith, patience, and obedience. Amen. As for me, as for you, we will do what he said, believe what he said, and have patience till you get what he said. Yeah. 
Amen. That's what we do. Because as for us, we serve the Lord and we win. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.